1: Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of Ausbiz. Our goal at Ausbiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favor to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, it is the 11th of March. Welcome to the COB, I'm Nadine Blaney, here with David Scott. Scuddy. what kind of a day did you have?
0: It's been one of the best days of my life.
1: That's fantastic to hear on this Thursday. Not the best day ever for the local market though. Uh, the XJO flatlining by the end of the session. The X2C CHI-X200 was down by six tenths of one percent, so a bit of discrepancy there. But even with that flat performance from the S&P ASX 200, I mean, really underperforming regional markets, uh, it's a bit difficult to sort of nail it down to one reason. What's your best guess? Uh,
0: I don't know. It's been a disappointing session after what's been a very disappointing week, I've got to say. Uh, There's a number of factors. But uh, when you think about the primary one, now everything's been dominated by the bond market. The last couple of days, we've seen nominal yields and real yields decline quite substantially and I know that we had a bit of a pop in some tech names yesterday but generally those growth areas of the market would go and generally benefit when you go and see a pullback like this but today tech was the uh standout underachiever uh, and even the cyclical areas of the market as well, mm-hmm. which really you know rallied hard on Wall Street uh, when coming to the party. Is it because we're more a defensive market here compared to other parts of Asia? I don't know, but uh, certainly we don't really stack up against the uh, the rest of the region based on what I'm seeing on my screens here today.
1: Not, not at all. I mean, the big banks are down between 1% one and 1.5% one and in the case of ANZ. BHP is down by 2%. Uh, South 32 was trading X dividend, but uh, it too was lower. Fortescue making a bit of ground up, up by 1.6%. What happened in iron ore markets today, Scotty? Because they were sold down again last night. It's been a pretty rocky run.
0: Uh, futures were higher and were grinding higher when I last looked but uh, still a long way off the highs that we saw only a few days ago but uh, yeah certainly not adding to our losses I was surprised to see some of the iron ore miners particularly Fortescue which is a pure play down in early trade I'm not sure how it finished up but uh, yeah it finished higher yeah Fortescue I was very surprised to see that but yeah it's uh yeah it's, I know that a lot of attention gets delivered to what happens with the spot markets. The spot markets is like you no know, uh, taking your cues about what happened in yesterday's trade. So um, it's it's old news. So I uh, do advise anyone who's dabbling in that market to keep a close eye on the futures.
1: IDP Education was the worst performer today, down by more than 6% after it announced a restructure. So this is of the Education Australia part of the business. Uh, it appears as if... Following a period of consultation, the Board of Education as- of, of Education Australia has entered it into an agreement with the British Council and the Chancellor, Masters, and Scholars of the University of Cambridge uh, regarding a restructure of Education Australia's ha- shareholding in IDP. Well, the market did not like it, sending shares lower, as I mentioned, after pay as well one of the worst performers, down by 6%. In your view, is this reality coming home to roost in terms of just the, the sky-high valuation of Afterpay, uh, the fact that it's not earning any profits or it's not profitable at this time, or it's just a reflection of what's going on in the broader atmosphere?
0: Uh, I think it's a lot of people have got a. Very, very far ahead of themselves. And I've got to say some of the more sophisticated investors out there as well, like some of the price target upgrades that were being put out on that stock after it already rallied a gazillion percent were mind-blowingly optimistic. Uh, When those discounted cash flows uh, suddenly become a little bit uh, less valuable when they rise in bond yields, uh, these stocks are always vulnerable. I hate to say it, but I did write it. I'd spoken about it numerous times on the uh, the podcast. I've got plenty of things wrong. That one I've got right.
1: Mm -hmm, All right. Well, Uh, when we come to some of the best performers today, it takes us nicely to the, well, a lot of those that are leveraged to the, uh, you know, the stimulus package that was announced for the travel and tourism sector in particular. So there is a loan plan, but there are also 800,000 seats that are going to be discounted, subsidized by the federal government. And uh, that sent Flight Center's shares higher, I was not gonna say soaring, up by 8%. We had a chat with Gaurav Sodi. he's from The Intelligent Investor, about what he's buying, holding and selling in that travel space. You can listen to that via the show notes. And we had Flight Center as the stock of the day. So FLT is the ticker code we sat down with. James Rosenberg from ELNC value, and Rob Cortlett from Macro Capital to get their views on Flight Center after the government announced that $1.2 billion boost to tourism.
0: Some announcement from the Australian government comes on the back of the US government uh, putting out their $1.9 trillion package, which included a $14 billion payroll assistance to the US airlines as well. Right. So everyone's trying to keep all the, the planes flying. Obviously that should be good for Flight Center. Um, it's not the preferred stock for us in this sector. If we were in it, we would hold it, we'd have no problems with that. Yeah. Uh, we'd actually prefer clients be in something like a Webjet. Yeah. Um, it's got a much better cash burn. Uh, the runway rate is a lot better, it goes out five years. The other thing, if you wanted to make a play on the regional uh, airline carriers, which is what this package is really designed to do to keep uh, people moving into the regional areas, have a look at uh, QZ, So AQZ they are going to be in a real sweet spot at some point in time we can all guess when that will be Um, this federal government announcement certainly is a is a boost Um, whether it's as much of a boost as the markets telling you will time we'll we'll see the stock given the rise that it's had and the big dilution they had last year when they had that cap raising it's probably about fair price at the moment but for a long-term investor um, it's a wonderful founder business, mm. and and uh, still uh, heavily led by the founder. Heavily too, so. led by the founder, and and as I said earlier, a huge pent up demand. Mm. So um, yeah, I, I quite like it. i yeah, you know, would buy for the longer term.
1: So there you have it. You've got one vote for Flight Centre, but one vote for Webjet. So Scuddy, that means drum roll. <laughs> Not going in the portfolio, the OzBiz portfolio, you can get an update on that portfolio via our website. Also, you can tune into the call. How is the
0: portfolio going? I know that we've got a bit of a uh, high beta to the, uh, the market. we've got a lot, lot more growth orientated I think than how do we like handle the drawdown?
1: I think we're about twenty five percent up on year. Uh. up on year now we've had a couple maybe a couple rougher weeks (laughs) over the past couple weeks I'm just going by memory haven't hosted the show to for about a week or so but I'm looking forward to being in the seat uh, instead of Kashi tomorrow I know you miss him but uh, I always have a good time with that program and we've got uh, we've got Julia Lee from Berman Invest and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners so it's going to be a bit of fun as well.
0: Might get on the seltzer's early, hey? Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. No, Scotty, no. I wait for 4 p.m. on a Friday, as, as I do <laughs> Are you Only
0: on Fridays, though, yeah. folks.
1: Oh, I'm going to move on. All right. Uh, we've got another link in our um, show notes to to Roger Montgomery, actually. Uh, He gives his view on whether Bitcoin will become the world's reserve currency. You might feel like listening to that as we head into this U.S. session, which we'll see uh, some data coming out on jobs. Jobless claims and the Jolts jobs read. These are important reads because, of course, there's just so much focus at the Fed right now on that unemployment rate, the real rate of unemployment, and uh, their job to get people back to work. That is in their mandate. Yes,
0: and... uh I don't like this know this I know what they're talking about no the hypothetical situation like no what the real unemployment rate is and the like but the unemployment rate is the unemployment rate so the one thing that everyone out there should go and keep a really close eye on is where participation sits relative to where it was pre-pandemic now in Australia I reckon we've got much more upside uh, when it comes to you know lowering that rate quicker because our participation rate is already uh, at levels that you know, mm-hmm. before the pandemic we're higher right now. So everyone who was like, you no know, beforehand, everyone is out looking for a job now and we're absorbing lots of people into the labor force. So given that, you no, know, we're already at that point, that side of the equation is looking okay. So if we just keep getting the jobs growth now, we'll do all right. But if you keep adding more people to the labor force coming back, like we're going to see in the U S it's going to take much longer. So um, I know what uh, Janet Yellen trying to get at, trying to go temper expectations and the like, but, I still think the unemployment rate is the unemployment rate.
1: It is always... Yeah, you've got to go on the official data otherwise it's a slippery slope
0: you can't go and say oh no but hypothetically speaking if the participation rate was back at the pre-pandemic levels the unemployment rate would be that uh-uh. that's not how it works yeah
1: this these this is the data that we're that we're running things off of it's an interesting one it reminds me of some of the tweets that i saw in the wake of the inflation data last night because it did come in softer than had been expected in terms of core and you have all of these uh I'm not going to overplay it, but you know Americans going on saying, "Oh, you haven't seen what I'm paying for groceries." It's fake data, fake data. It's reminding me of China. I mean, that's that's a bridge too far. Yeah, look,
0: uh, I'm not going to go and, like go too far into it, but I will point out that the uh, the uh, group that goes and does the other uh, surveys because of the COVID, they've gone and stripped back a lot of their uh, their pricing that they're actually going to in store. So a lot of people are getting a little bit upset because I think everyone knows, and when you go look at what the cost of some of the food items and everything else, I've noticed it, I know, just here locally, and that might be impacted by like local conditions, but certainly I've noticed that a lot of the cost of fruit around my way has uh, has gone and picked up in price. And so I just wonder whether you know, that, uh, you're not capturing the full impact there. And, of course, when it comes to CPI basket, groceries are a big, big component. Well,
1: you know, part of the fruit problem here in Australia is the fact that there's nobody to pick it, right? And so we were told that that could lead to food pricing inflation but i wouldn't know Scotty. i well first of all i barely go to the grocery store during the week i'm more of a weekend shopper second of all i buy everything based on what's on sale i mean oh,
0: surely i'm not the only one. God, you just have a lifetime supply of like no tim tams and doritos
1: <laughs> no. and at the local uh vegetable store i suppose that i shop at that i will remain nameless they've got the imperfect section so i'm a big fan of the imperfect fruit and vegetable section <laughs> And I'm a big fan of better than half price, you know, salt and vinegar chips and stuff like that. I think that. you like
0: work with me and I'm imperfect, so there <laughs> we go.
1: Likewise. Uh, okay, so it's a Friday tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to a great lineup of guests that we have. Scott Phillips, CIO of The Motley Fool at 9.20 a.m., We'll get some calls coming from him. We are speaking to Dean Taylor. He's the CEO of Wine Depot, probably because it's a Friday. I already mentioned he's on the call, so looking forward to that. And we usually get a good wrap of the day with Shane Oliver, head of investment strategy at AMP. You know him. We all love him. And he tells us, puts into context what happened in the week, both in markets and economics, and gives us a bit of a preview as to what to expect uh, the next week.
0: Also, if you're uh, if you're Music Portfolio is looking a bit, uh, bit softer, a bit uh, up a need of a sprucing up uh, The Good Doctor. He's always got some good tunes to go and listen to, so yeah. stick right. around for that one.
1: You're going to have to ask then. And then um, we have The Last Call happening at 4pm. Do hope you can join us for that. A little bit more casual. Hope you can join a drink and we will again you know, take a look at some of the major thematics and what's to come. I think that pretty much is it. If you want to get Scuddy's view today in more detail, you'll have to sign up for the newsletter. We get it to your inbox at 5.30. It's a great little way to get across some of what's happened during the day. Just, you know, on your ride home or on the bus home or however it is, you get to where you're going. Uh, Listen, thank you so much for for listening. We enjoy doing the podcast. Sometimes go down on tangents, my shopping habits, but um, yeah. Hopefully you got something out of it today. Nobody's perfect. (laughs) All right. Uh, Scotty, I'll see you tomorrow. See you then. Bye.